From Labradoodles to Cronuts, the world loves a hybrid. So today, businesses are taking a smarter hybrid cloud approach using the tools, platform, and expertise of IBM. The world is going hybrid with IBM. Visit ibm.com slash hybrid cloud. Big Chief, Professor Longhair. Congratulations to all of our Kansas City friends, uh, Eric Stonestreet, Dave Keckner, uh, Paul Rudd, uh, Jason Court, all of our friends who we grew up with in Kansas City who are just ecstatic right now. And then we'll later on in the show, we'll talk to great comic, phenomenal dude, and uh, Kyle Ayers. Huge Kansas City Chiefs fans, Kyle Ayers. We want to talk about what this Super Bowl victory meant to him and what he was feeling. And were there any superstitions and how was he feeling being down 10 points in the fourth quarter and throwing an interception with 12 minutes left? That's crazy. That's a crazy trend to put those fans who have for a lifetime seen them blow things like this. Like that is a crazy, I just the agita within that fan base throughout this entire playoffs had yeah, being down been double kind of digits in every single playoff game. But the cool aspect of it that I think is, is great is that they now have this sort of, league defining player they've got the best arguably the best player in the league right now is on their team and that is the type of person that can mitigate any and all of those hey we're down 24 to the titans in the first quarter in the second quarter hey we're down 10 to the and looking like we can't do anything against this defense i think san francisco is going to be great for a long time i think kansas City is going to be great for a long time you throw in a lamar jackson you throw in you know there's good stuff happening in the league to make people excited about throwing a joe burrow and that yeah. that actually touches on what we want to talk about as our top take obviously football is in the air we're wrapping up that season with a little bit of a bow but the concept that was thrown out recently i guess was it at a big 10 meeting uh i'm not sure where how how it was floated but there was a a thought that players in the big 10 conference could have the equivalent of free agency which you know we've talked about this a lot i think coach Harbaugh from Michigan had a theory or perhaps posited a solution to this transfer dilemma, which some players are granted immediate waivers and they can play right away. Some players are asked to sit out for a whole season. It's very murky. You have to lobby for a waiver and then, you know, hopefully the NCAA allows They've been it. more lax in, in recent, recent years, years. They have been more open and more relaxed. What I like what Harbaugh was saying was you get one move. You get, get one move. You get one move, and you can play right away. So whatever reason, and and it and you don't have to specify the reason. Look, if you, you have to give a bullshit reason, like it's it's mental health. Not that that's a BS reason, but no, that, no, you don't have to make up mental health issues if you don't have mental health issues in order to get somebody to allow you to play right away. Look, I understand both sides of the coin. I understand. Look, if it's a tight. You know, let's use the Tate Martell excuse. Tate Martell was a highly recruited quarterback out of the state of Nevada, Las Vegas. Gorm, Bishop Gorman, I think, is the name of the school. Bishop Gorman Thomas. Uh, he went to Ohio State University. He quickly realized that <clears throat> he wasn't going to crack the starting rotation. And he thought he was better than, you know, where they were putting him in the pecking order. And so he left. He went to Miami. Well, he got down to Miami, and you know what happened? He wasn't he, in that pecking order. He didn't order make either. that. He didn't make the starting job there. And now he's sort of like, 
looking to go somewhere else perhaps. And what you have to realize is, take a look at a guy like Jalen Hurts and what he was able to do as soon as Tua came in. That guy leaves Alabama, and he has a very successful career and does a lot of great things for, for Oklahoma. Oklahoma. You look at a guy like Joe Burrow, he is the ultimate example and the reason why this thing has to you go have the way to that allow we were just about these kids. Because Joe Burrow was a guy, again, on the Ohio State, how, how, how Ohio State was stockpiling such talented quarterbacks. He was on the depth chart at Ohio State, behind a Dwayne Haskins. You know, he's Dwayne Haskins was set records at Ohio State for passing. Dwayne Haskins was a guy who no one was going to unseat in that in that quarterback's room. No one in that depth chart, no one was going to rise above him unless he got injured. And you don't want to be in a situation where you're rooting for the guy ahead of you to go down with an injury. So Joe Burrow. Or to play bad, play poorly. Right. So Joe Burrow made a decision, said, I am transferring to LSU. I am going to transfer to another school where I can help out. Made a smart decision. LSU, a school that typically in the last several years has had a great defense, but no, no real quarterback to speak of. And he goes down to LSU, and the rest is history. He has a decent first season, and the second season he breaks along with the right offensive coordinator, along with the kind of wide receiver weapons that they've kind of had but had never really fully utilized. This he, guy, Joe Burrow, is now made himself – He's the number one pick, he's the, whether he goes to Cincinnati or not. But what's interesting about it is for all those people who are like, you're just a crybaby because you couldn't get, why don't you just work harder and, and rise up in your death chart? Well, maybe the coach is never going to put you there. Maybe this coach doesn't understand your potential and doesn't see you in that way. So what they're saying is the guy who transfers to one place and can't rise up in the depth chart in the, in the new place and then wants to transfer someone else, you can't do that. You got to sit out at that point. And That's you are kind of a crybaby. I agree with that. If you... If you want to transfer, you get one. You get one transfer where you start right away at the other school. Look, you came to campus. You didn't realize it was going to be this way. You have a clash with the coach. They don't understand your style of play. It's not behooving you to be there or anyone. You transfer. You you come to a school where you thought there was going to be no one on the depth chart above you, and suddenly there's three people, and it looks like you're not going to see a snap for three or four years. Transfer. But here's the thing, and this is what's going to be difficult at that point, and we have to understand the ramifications because if you make that change there, you're going to have ramifications somewhere else, Jay. One of them being, being recruiting. You're going to have to maintain and keep your quarterbacks on the bench happy with the promise that they could come in. You may be playing guys, so what you're going to see is certain quarterbacks, you, you have to play a backup to get him excited about being in your program and the future of what your program will be just to keep that person around. Otherwise, they're going to transfer. Right. So, so you're like re-recruiting your own players. Recruiting your own players after you've recruited them. Or if they get there to the campus and there's just not a spot for them in that year, they could just bolt. So all the work and time and effort you put in going to the kids' games, going into their living room, talking to their parents. Developing them as players. Developing them as players. Then they go somewhere else. Teams have to realize that that could happen. And so what it does is it makes recruiting, which has gotten a zillion times more difficult. And competitive. And more competitive. It takes that aspect of it and it completely and totally uh, changes that up. Well, it, it adds it. It multiplies it by like two. Makes it, it more difficult. Exponentially it, That harder. might be the type of thing that gets certain coaches to drop out. 
and say, look, I can't do this anymore. It's too much of a full-time job. It happened to John Beeline, a guy who was on top of the college basketball world, could have potentially just retired with the University of Michigan as a coach for another three or four years, but he was like, I would rather have an off-season. I would rather not in the off-season have to not only recruit players to come in in the next year, but but recruit my my own guys to stay. Which would have been, which is just the difficult part about that. And that was happening in the basketball world, but it's also happening in the football world, too. Um, this, of course, is Patty Griffin, the song Chief. We talk about the Chiefs with Kyle Kansas Ayers. Kansas City! Congratulations, Kansas City. We're going to talk to a Kansas City masterpiece, Kyle Ayers. Uh, by the way, tonight we are in Cleveland. Another city, small market team that enjoyed a... Uh, They're next. You're next, Cle- Cleveland. next, Cleveland. It could be you. It could be... Yeah, we even talk about Baker Mayfield, the excitement surrounding him. He kind of had a down year this year, but you never know, Cleveland. Could be your your year next year. So uh, we're going to talk to Kyle Ayers about the excitement of the Chiefs. And then later on the show, we talk to Boomer and get uh, just his take on what it means to be Jimmy Jimmy G at this point right now. Uh, it's Sklar Brothers View from the Cheap Seat. Stay with us. Hey everybody, it's Elaine Welteroth and I'm hosting a new podcast called Built to Last by American Express, where we will dive deep into the stories, history, and continued legacy of small businesses that shape American culture. Our debut season will focus on Black-owned small businesses that need our support now more than ever. In each episode, we feature the story of a Black business trailblazer that has inspired a modern Black-owned business. First up is Pinky Cole of Atlanta's food truck turned restaurant, Slutty Vegan. We'll also chat with Hanifa Muemba, the cutting edge designer behind the Hanifa 3D digital fashion show. Plus, we'll check in with Issa Rae, our modern day Renaissance woman. We hope that it encourages all of our listeners to support these businesses as well as the Black-owned businesses in your own communities. Tune in for these amazing stories and others on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging. Like me, switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't wanna do it, but gotta do it. Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell EMC solutions that offer speed and agility. Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash dellemc. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Uh, it is always a joy of ours to bring on someone from the comedy world who knows their sports and is celebrating a like lifetime highlight moment this week, and that is our buddy Kyle Ayers. Welcome to the show. You are a Kansas City Chiefs fan, and you are on cloud nine, I presume, right now. It's uh, I. I'm so freaked out and so in so much in disbelief last night I was watching the replay of the game and still thought they would lose. Okay. So this <laughs> is what, all right, so this is what I love that you took time yesterday and you're a busy man. You do the boast rattle, you do uh, a fantastic podcast about people who have never se- called never seen it. Am I right? Yes. Yeah, both of those. 
I got a lot going on, but I sat and watched a replay of a game I knew the outcome to and still freaked out. So third quarter, you're like, what are we going to do here? What are we going to Fourth quarter, you're like, nine minutes left. This is not going to happen. This is not going to happen. What do you do? But were you. When he threw the pick with 12 minutes left, I stood up and walked around like I he it still was going to cost them the game. I thought in the replay, they would have retroactively made me sad. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, that's. that's see, but that's what it is to be a, a Chiefs fan and a sports fan. So your entire life, the Chiefs. The Chiefs have been good. They were good in the '80s, although I don't think you were alive in the '80s. But they were, yeah, they were good in the '80s. Then they had, didn't they have Christian Okoye, the Nigerian nightmare yes. again? Christian Okoye, Joe, even the you know, they got that late stage Joe Montana, Marcus Allen career. Sure. They had the Derek Thomas, Neil Smith defense. Yep. The '90s, they were really good. They really were good at finding ways to lose to mm-hmm. worse teams in the playoffs at home. Ah, uh, I mean, Arrowhead's a great place to play because it's freezing and it's Midwest, and just people don't care about anything but that. I mean, you go back to the the offsides penalty against the Patriots, the defensive offsides, where you basically eliminated an interception. Is that correct? That was last year. Last year, that would that would have been the Super Bowl. We would have been in the Super Bowl last year. I still think about, even though they won the Super Bowl five days ago or whatever, I'm still lamenting. I'm like, well, D D Ford's on the other team. It just seems too serendipitous. I assumed he was going to get a strip sack and cost us this game. (laughs) Well, it's it's been a lot of close, but not quite. Yes. Just amazing, though, that like, again, we experienced this being St. Louis Blues fans. I think it's interesting that two small market teams in two of the four major sports have won the championship. The Blues won in hockey, although many would argue that hockey is a notch below UFC and NASCAR. But it used to be (laughs) it used to be one of the four. So but I mean, but the Blues, St. Louis Blues and Kansas City to win these two. I mean, you were very much uh, of a viable human being when the Royals won in 2015. That must have been incredible because not that it came out of nowhere, but it was 30 years. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, the Royals hadn't even won a playoff game or been to a playoff game my entire life until the year before they won the World Series. It was. It's a little bit different than the Chiefs, who. I mean, I could go through the list of the Chiefs were ahead thirty-eight to ten against the Colts and blew that game. Yep. The Chiefs were beating the Titans, and then Marcus Mariota threw himself a pass off of someone's head, and yep. they lost that game. Yep. Yep. The Chiefs missed three field goals inside of forty yards and lost a home playoff game by two. There's a lot. Oh no, those are like those here are we are. Well, but so okay, so what is the mitigating? What's the thing that? allowed you to overcome it because in every single one of those situations you guys had good quarterbacks but you didn't Mm -hmm. have the guy who is the guy and for the first time in my whole life kansas city has the best player in a sport and he's also cool yeah (laughs) it's just never happened before they've never had the best player that drew the royals I would say most people who aren't huge baseball fans couldn't name three players off the Royals team that won the World Series. I mean, Eric Hosmer, and he's gone. Lorenzo Cain. Eric Hosmer, and he's gone. Lorenzo Cain, he's gone. Moustakis, gone. gone. (laughs) Yeah, Moustakis, gone. I mean, you know, there was, yeah, it's, it's, that was a great team because you guys were down in the wildcard game, like seven runs, and Mm -hmm. then you came back and won that game, which is like the why the baseball is kind of like it's better to be hot than good. It's kind of like both men and women. It's better to be hot than good. And you guys yeah, got baseball is a small sample size for how many games. In football you get the one and done, but even baseball they play so many games you get on a little bit of the Royals didn't lose a game until the World Series the first year that they made it. Yeah. 
They won. They won out three. And two they almost won that World Series too. They, you're talking about like was like a play to the wall where they almost like beat almost them. had a inside the park home run off Bumgarner at the end of the game. That's a real Royals and Chiefs way to not win something is just be 90 feet from winning it <laughs> and then you lose at home. 90 feet from stardom is 90 feet from stardom was a great uh, documentary about the Royals. Well, I mean, again, it is for us. We don't really have a dog in the race, and you know, we were football Cardinals fans. Then they left and went to Arizona, and then I guess we were kind of Rams fans, even though we weren't living in St. Louis. But we were happy for the town of St. Louis to get the Rams, and they won a Super Bowl, and they went back. They went back to one they should have won two we were excited for them and then they left so we don't really have a team I just wanted to root for a great game and what we got was an incredible game I I would say you know for three quarters because we have a lot of friends from San Francisco we had Al Madrigal on the podcast last weekend he's really tight with a lot of the San Francisco we're like texting our friends in San Francisco how you feeling I mean they were great until the fourth quarter and you just knew it was so funny because I would look over at Patrick Mahomes and look at the shots of him and he's just chewing on his mouthpiece. His hands are on his shoulder pads. And you're like, why is this guy not sweating? I know. He's so calm. I mean, I was freaking out. I was watching with some friends. I'm on tour with some musicians and I was watching with them and I just got up and left the room and watched on a 12 inch TV alone in another room. Right. Just with your shame. From the third quarter on. And then it started to, Turn, the tide started to turn, and I was like, well, I can't leave this TV now. Right. It's you, it's you on the TV. So yeah, you and the TV you are did it. You did it. it. You and the tiny inch. They never club. lost the Super Bowl when I watched that TV. That's yeah. right. They Let's, never lost the Super Bowl when you watch that TV. I sometimes, you know, sports is so nerve-wracking. It's, like, not even fun. When you're, like, so invested, it's not even a good time. Like, I was uh, watching basketball last night. I got so frustrated watching University of Michigan blow a game and have a bad call against Ohio State that I all I could do was watch the score progress on ESPN. I couldn't even watch the action. <laughs> just when it comes up on the ticker too, like every three minutes, just watch the score change as they go through the college basketball scores. That's it. But doesn't it give you a little bit of hope? Because sports echoes kind of the way we feel about life in the world. And you think to yourself, Ah, can Kansas City, Kansas City's one of the old, I mean, they've, the best photo ever is Len Dawson smoking a cigarette after a Super Bowl too. I mean, that was just incredible. But Halftime of Super Bowl. Excuse me, halftime, halftime of Super Bowl. Of Super Bowl. He, he needed to calm down. <laughs> Give him a break. Uh, right, you got to calm your nerves at halftime of the Super Bowl. You need that nicotine fix. Can that be performance enhancing? I don't know, but. The idea that like <laughs> Kansas City was like an original and Hank Stram was just this original great coach and, you know, part of it. And so there is tradition. But for years and years and years, it was like you're not going to win. Cleveland Browns, you just aren't going to win. You know, there are other teams that are yeah. going to beat you. Even the Buffalo Bills. I watched the 30 for 30 about the Buffalo Four Falls, the Buffalo Bills. And it's like, yeah, you're. it sucked. Buffalo needed and deserved a championship. So that's why there's like a certain amount of justice right now, in my opinion. And as much as I love San Francisco and, and do love that 49ers team, I love that team. They'll be great for a long time. Great young coach, great young quarterback, great yeah. young players. They will be great for a long time. But so I think the NFL right now is very exciting with Patrick Mahomes. You say, okay, well, Brady's kind of fading. Is he fading? Maybe. He's probably fading a little bit. Patrick Mahomes... Lamar Jackson, Jimmy Garoppolo, and the in San Francisco, and still I would say, and who knows Joe Burrow? Like, who's that guy gonna be? Right. If you're Cincinnati, right. you say to yourself, "Wait a minute, one guy can maybe start this thing turning it around." Yeah. It, it until this year, the Chiefs had never won the AFC Championship 
trophy with the name of their old owner on it. Yeah. It's just something like incredibly sad about never having held the trophy that the league named after your owner, let alone winning the Super Bowl. They hadn't even been since they had that owner. But now it feels a similar vibe to the NBA where there's a wide openness and a pretty deep stack of stars that, that make the NFL interesting I did think, you, for these upcoming years. Did you reach out to a bunch of old, like, childhood friends when they won what was what was the text chains that were going what were those like well since i threw my phone right before the chiefs scored to make it 2017 <laughs> i didn't allow myself to go pick up my phone <laughs> right you can't touch it Don't if you pick it up phone. they lose if you pick it up they lose <laughs> so i didn't touch the phone until mahomes was chucking the ball still almost th- the guy's so good he almost threw a touchdown pass running the clock out, throwing the ball. Yeah. He just threw it as high as he could, and still Robinson almost caught the ball down the field. But that's when I allowed myself to touch the phone again and FaceTime my parents and then start replying to all these. Uh, what did your uh, parents— Truly what? the only time I've ever enjoyed Facebook in my whole life. Uh, exactly. That's the only time anybody's ever enjoyed it. You took some time to spread some political lies, though, which I think uh, which was I think a little was really nice. Yeah. You, you disrupted the <laughs> Iowa caucuses. That was great. Yeah, you were the reason why they couldn't come I, up the, with The Chiefs have been so bad at winning big games for so long. I tried to share the post of them winning the Super Bowl, and Facebook was like, this is actually fake news. Do, or do you still want to share it? It got tagged. It got flagged. flagged. It got flagged as fake news. <laughs> it got what did, flagged what did your... for being an inconsistent news source because it was the Chiefs joke. website. Hilarious. What did your mom and dad say to you? Like when you FaceTimed, what was that conversation? It was uh, It was kind of in, my dad, who is a grand, grandpa now, first time grandpa. Nephew, my, my nephew, his grandson's a year old. He bought my nephew a Derek Thomas jersey when he was born. Wow. And today was the first day, or the Sunday was the first day it ever fit my nephew. So mm-hmm. my dad feels like he did this. He yeah, did it. And, I'm going to give him full credit. He did it. Yeah. And he, so was, he was there with my, with my, with my nephew and my dad just in disbelief, but not screaming because he's, he's a grandpa before anything else now. And my mom was freaking out. My sister's freaking out. My brother's freaking out. It's, uh, the city is, the parade's happening as we do this recording, yep. and I cannot – it is absolute madness. I just was watching some stuff on YouTube, and there was like a car chase that went through car the chase. parade, and no one was even mad at anyone. Yeah, They were just like, yeah, yeah, you got to get in a car chase sometime. <laughs> hey, guys, <laughs> hey, as long as they were supporting Tyreek Hill, <laughs> yeah. which I don't know if we should really support him fully, but as long as they were <laughs> – Right, maybe – we pick any other player. Yeah, Sammy Watkins. Sammy yeah. Watkins. And the Chiefs represent Kansas, the state of Kansas, so well. They are in Missouri. They do play. Arrowhead <laughs> is in Missouri, you dumb idiot. Although They can- play in Missouri. I love piling on that guy as much as the next guy, but that's I've had people miss that up my whole life. And yeah. So, you know. What's the difference? The difference we said is Kansas City, Missouri, the, those people they look down, down their on- nose at people in Kansas, right? I would say Kansas City, Missouri is the Missouri of Kansas cities. Yeah, well, that is, and no Kansas one has City. said it any better. That's for, <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it's got some some diversity. It's vibrant. It's got everything Missouri. I can't say Kansas is the Kansas of Kansas cities where you're like, how long till Colorado? Right. So, uh, right. so the, the good news is, and what's exciting is that you know Andy Reid. For a coach, he's 61, which feels over the hill. Like it, we said this just because he's been doing it for so Andy long. Reed, Andy Reid, yeah. Mike Holmgren, uh, Craig Stadler, and Wilford Brimley. We've never seen the four of them in the same room. That could be the same guy. <laughs> same guy. It's, 
And it is crazy when you start to realize how old Andy Reid is. They're talking about his coaching tree, and you're, they're like, "Well, here's him with Mike Shula," and you're like, "What is what, happening?" What Mike Shula? <laughs> coaches, you know, all the coaches seem like they're 31 now. He, yeah, every coach is young, and and Shan, Kyle Shanahan to me, I said on Twitter, is looks like Neil Brennan without the great relationship material. To which Neil Brennan then uh, <laughs> tweeted back at me, but he's got a great chunk on traveling. To which you tweeted back, seven <laughs> plays you don't. The call seven him. plays you don't call <laughs> in the Super Bowl is a classic. Uh, <laughs> don't call Miami. In Miami is a classic. <laughs> no, but he, Three he, mics sounds like a running play the 49ers should have done a little bit more often in the second <laughs> half. Ah, yeah. uh, well, the, the, but what's amazing is he's, he's not so old. He's not like 70 years old. You know, he might yeah. for the next five or six, by the way, everybody loves him. Players love him. And the football community loves him. So, like, the idea that yeah. who he has in place and Eric Bieniemy is the is the coach, the offensive coordinator, that's a young dude, youngish dude, and a guy who players really love. The people he has in place, he this team could be good for the next five, six years, vying for, along with the Ravens, you know, and they occasionally maybe the the Tennessee Titans, they, they could be vying for for more Super Bowls, and this could be like the end chapter, kind of like Elway. You know, Elway had been to a bunch of Super Bowls and never won, but then he comes back and yeah. wins. You know what I mean? Yeah, you you don't want to get your. I feel like you, you don't want to think classic too much. Kansas City. Classic don't get your, we're the same the way. Don't get right. your hopes up. Well, the Patriots have really spoiled people into thinking that it's easy. Right, right. that it's possible. So then you remember. All the guys, Rodgers, who's never been back, Breeze, who's never been back, uh, you know, these, these these quarterbacks who I think are just as good as Brady, who have never made it back. It, it just seems, Rodgers especially, who who seemed destined to win five Super Bowls when he won that one. Okay, it so just was like, he'll be back every single year. Okay, so now, now, having won this and understanding all the factors that need to happen, you guys had double-digit deficits in, in each game. of your games and yeah. you came back and won that's never happened before it's almost like in the World Series when the home team did not win a game right it was the road team yeah. that won every yeah. single game this has been like a wacky bizarre year in, in the championship for sports you know being down double digits and coming back you understand all the things that need to happen in order for you to win does it change the way you look at a guy like Eli Manning who beat the vaunted Patriots twice so like undefeated Patriots so many things had to happen in order for without those a bye to either year without a bye either year he won he had to win six playoff games to get there does that change uh, I mean, the way I've we should look at him in the Eli I've firmly been in the Eli's a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. Uh, now you have, you have to, to look at the large scope of a career. Having watched Patrick Mahomes and you say to yourself, all right, he may never get back there again, or he might. I think he will because I think this team is great. But like, if he doesn't get back there, you look at Eli Manning, you're like, he did it twice in like the hardest market yeah. in the world. Like Pat Mahomes now is – he he will be loved in Kansas City till the end of time. Yes. He does not have to face it's incredible. It unless he starts doing some bad things, which it doesn't feel like he comes from good stock and it feels like he's a smart guy with head on his shoulders. I think his his life and worry about being pressed about certain things, it won't happen. When it it's like when you deliver a city that hasn't been there, when you deliver them the championship. Like could could Cleveland be mad at LeBron for going to the Lakers? Can't. Can't. Right. No, they couldn't at all. They, I think they were just like, we were so elated he came back again and did that, that he could have gone. He When he went to the Lakers, they were like, he could go to the Lakers. And then also, 
buy Cleveland and tear it to the ground and we can't be mad. Which by the way he's on the way to doing. So and uh for those <laughs> and for those listening we'll be in Cleveland tonight, tonight for two shows at Hilarities and tomorrow night come while the city still exists is yes. all we're saying. Two shows at Hilarities. Uh well I, I'm just so happy for you cuz again we just experienced this with the Blues having never you know they didn't they didn't make a Stanley Cup in our in our lifetime. We were yeah. we were really young when they when they made it as an expansion team in 69 and 70 71. We were we weren't alive yet. So like and certainly not conscious. So for them to for all the years for them to be good, kind of like the Chiefs. Yeah, they'd get good in the playoffs and then they'd find different ways to, to lose. lose or like they just couldn't yeah. get over the hump. And the, yeah. And these teams mean more to the cities who don't have four sports right. teams That's just right. because you know it starts to adjust your odds it starts to move these things there's less to move on from if the blues aren't good and the cardinals aren't good you know you, you, there's just less time filled if the chiefs aren't good that's the whole winter there's nothing going on there's no nba team in kansas city there's no hockey team in kansas city we remember they're when the broncos of, are down yeah. they go straight to the nuggets and you have and the avalanche you have a lot and the Rockets. Yeah. i mean there's the exactly right. so the so the, it is You're a bigger right. deal that's such a bigger deal but for us as blues fans we're like oh and by the way the blues are great this year but they may not win because it's so hard. So many things have to happen in order for you to win. But as Blues fans, we say to ourselves, we got one. We got one. It was great. It was amazing. Yeah. Oh, I don't know how long the Royals could be bad for again before I would start to wonder what was happening. I mean, and they were just after that, they were bad the next year and everyone was just like, I still have his shirts. I don't care. Yeah. They'll win again when Brett, when George Brett gets rid of his hemorrhoids, <laughs> which may be <laughs> another crapping his pants. Yeah. Oh, well, that story. That is the best story ever. Uh, no, but there is something interesting, and I think we will we'll, we'll take a break on this, and, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Obviously, you, like Randy and I, are chasing a dream, something that at times feels impossible, and at times everything has to go right, and even when it looks like you, there's no way you can lose, you lose, and you have to pick yourself up and keep going and going and going. So our career choice by choosing to be in this business is like being a long-suffering fan of a franchise where you get close and close and close, and it rarely happens, only happens for a select few. But So that's why when sports is this escaped and, and, and the team that you're rooting for goes that distance, it feels so good. And it is that escape for you. And I'm I'm sure you'll ride that high a little bit. I'm sure you're in it right now. Right, Kyle? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's sort of like you're watching the longest TV show that's ever been on TV. And it hasn't had a season that lets you, it hasn't had a happy season finale ever. And then it finally has one. And you're like, oh, yeah, there is some sort of, it can all end up good at the end at some point. I love um, it. And then you... Uh, yeah, and then you enjoy great. it, and you enjoy it, and you savor it. We're going to savor it through the break. This is, of course, the new Basement Tapes. Elvis Costello on the lead, six months in Kansas City. Uh, when we come back, we got quick hits with the fast. We'll talk about Bowstrad. We'll talk about uh, Never Seen It. Never Seen It, two fantastic uh, projects that Kyle's a part of in his stand-up. When we come back on View from the Cheap Seats, we're talking about the Super Bowl with what uh, Kansas City's. He's a Kansas City masterpiece. Kyle Ayers, we'll be right back. Introducing the new Verizon Business Unlimited plans. Now you can pick a plan for as low as $30 a month per line with AutoPay. Get 5G nationwide, plus massive data capacity, plus spam blocking features. 
And with Verizon Business Unlimited, you can mix and match the right plans for your business so you get more of what you need and none of what you don't. From Verizon, the network businesses rely on. 5G nationwide available in 1,800 plus cities on most VZ 5G devices. Monthly per line pricing with 5 plus lines on Biz Unlimited Start. Device payment, smartphone purchase, auto pay, and paper free billing required. Terms apply. Support for this podcast comes from WGU. Do you want a more skilled and effective workforce? Do you want to build loyalty and increase employee retention? A partnership with Western Governors University could be exactly what you need. Over 300 organizations nationwide already count on WGU for valuable education benefits that lead to better prepared and more capable workers. With more than 60 accredited bachelor's and master's programs to choose from and shorter credential programs coming soon, WGU has long been a leader in making quality higher education more accessible. Flexible online learning is the key. Students can fit schooling around their existing schedules and even complete courses and degrees sooner than planned. WGU makes earning a respected degree possible with just a computer and an internet connection. Partner with WGU today to make a smart investment in your company's and employees' future. Learn more at wgu.edu partnerships. That's wgu.edu partnerships. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. We got Kyle Ayers with us, a, a great follow on Twitter. Tell, let everyone know your handle, please. Oh, yes, Kyle Ayers, uh, K-Y-L-E-A-Y-E-R-S. And tell them about the two podcasts and then also where they can catch you on this current tour. I think you're in Florida right now. Yeah, I'm in uh, Jacksonville. I got a podcast called Never Seen It where I have comedians rewrite famous movies they've never seen before, and we read their scripts, so you just – they just make something up based on whatever they think it is, and we just read. It's very dumb, very short scripts, and we have a lot of fun uh, sort of playing off of how we're all expected to keep up with all this TV and movies right now, and it's just impossible. Love so it's it. called Never Seen It. And then I also am the host and creator of Boast Rattle, which is nice roasting. It's a head-to-head competitive compliment contest. It's on Sirius XM if you have that. And we have live shows that we do all the time as well. Which we, so that's basically if you follow me wherever. Which, which you, we've which been a part of. We've been a part of those live shows. We've judged the Boast Rattle, saw some of the greatest. Sarah, who was it who did it about Sarah Benincasa? Yeah, Stephanie Tolov, who did it for Sarah Benincasa, right? Yeah. Who said she's. Yeah, it's so fun. That hers, her she said, I noticed that you're on Instagram all a lot. The time. You know what else? She's on the right side of history. That's <laughs> such a great. Yeah. <laughs> we were just like, this it's is. Been pretty fun. We were. We were supposed to boast rattle the Lucas brothers and I really wanted to do it, but then they couldn't do it. And then we also couldn't do it up in Montreal because we were doing the roast battle. And uh, yeah. our, our joke, our, my favorite post of theirs. And this is, I'm not, out, you know, saying something out of school cause they've, they've been public talked about, about this. it. Uh, they talked about this on our podcast. Uh, I said that the, uh, what is, wh- how is a good comedy audience? Not like, not the, like Lucas the Lucas brothers, brothers father. father. A good comedy audience would never walk out on the Lucas Brothers. There you go! <laughs> <laughs> a dig at the man who left them at the altar. Uh, the altar. It's an altar. They didn't fun. leave them at the I've altar. opening for these bands and just bringing them up with Boast Rattle Boast the entire tour. Are you? Have you been? The audience realize what's happening. Yeah, yeah. I give them, like, we play the 96 Chicago Bulls intro music, and I bring them up with a bunch of boats. Like oh, that's guys. great. Who are the bands? Who, who are, are you bands? with? Uh, one is Andy Frasco in the UN, and the other one is Big Something. It's been a fun time, kind of getting to know these this like jam band world that I, I'm not familiar with. How has it been performing in front of those audiences? Are they like, who the hell is this guy, or are they do they give you a little bit of love straight off? 
they, they, they give me a little bit of love. Uh, these these people are dedicated. It's it's a whole world. These these jam band fans and these these fans of bands like these guys and they're great bands. They follow them everywhere. They keep up. I've been doing mostly crowd work and two or folks and it's it's been a really really fun way to kick off the show. The, the singers of the band go out first and let them know what's up. What are the how how big are the audiences? A little bit. How big are the audiences? What are you playing in front of? Uh, Hundred, you know, five, six hundred in some of these places. That's Pretty big, awesome. like Brooklyn Bowl. We're doing Brooklyn Bowl, and that's one of the smaller places that we're going to end up doing. And like, uh, kind of going all, you know, Brooklyn and Boston and Chicago, and we're in Jacksonville right now. Oh man, Holy I God. love that they picked you up for this tour. You are perfect for that. So go see it. Go check him on that, and uh, let's get into some uh, quick hits, shall we? Because some things happen in the world of sports that weren't even Super Bowl related, but. Uh, I don't know if you follow hockey, but uh, the Philadelphia Flyers had a new mascot, which is the scariest thing. Basically, it looks like a homeless man. Yeah, a homeless man. Not that homeless men are scary, <laughs> but this one looks particularly scary. Like is a it... red bearded homeless man whose eyes look like they're just bloodshot. Wild, bloodshot and dilated on the most meth you could ever have anybody. And his name is Gritty. Gritty. Well, Gritty's in the clear. Oh, I'm a, gr- I'm a Gritty fan. Okay. Well, Gritty's in the clear, Kyle Ayers. Philadelphia police. Anytime there's a story that starts about Gritty, <laughs> Philadelphia police. You're like, yeah, boy. How many yards does he have to stay away from the elementary school? Said on Monday that they have closed their investigation into a claim that the famous fly- Famous? He's new. He's not. I would say infamous. Flyers mascot punched. Infamous? <laughs> punched a 13-year-old boy during a November 19th event at the Fargo Center. The investigation, which has been completed and is no longer active, determined that the actions of the individual portraying the Flyers mascot did not constitute physical assault, as it is alleged. In a statement, the Flyers said, we are pleased that the Philadelphia Police Department included there was no merit to the alleged claim in the police department statement. So... He may be punt. What happened? He, he deserves a slap on the back for that. Uh, <laughs> Someone. Do I think that Gritty should Gritty should be wearing a body cam at all times? Always. And that way we could know get the bottom of this. I think they it, should turn a black light on on the bottom of that thing. And we see just. How much semen oh is God. On. Listen, our friend Eric Friedman. We said this on David Spade on Lights Out last night. Our friend Eric Friedman had the Philly fanatic at his bar mitzvah, and the guy who played the Philly fanatic took the head off, which I don't think you're supposed to no, do. You're not allowed to do that. And. Uh, not the, of yourself or a kid. The smell, <laughs> the smells that came out of that head, because he was sweating too. I said, Eric, what did it smell like? He said it smelled like Doritos, vodka, and broken dreams, if that's possible. <laughs> but that and that's is a successful mascot. That's a successful mascot. The fanatic is a guy who <laughs> definitely owns his own split-level townhome in Philly. But, right, for sure. He has he is a roommate, but that roommate doesn't have to work from home. He's kind of got <laughs> so true. There's the distinction. So, I mean, they unveiled this orange mascot uh, like a year ago, or 2018. But Gritty quickly became a cult figure. It was described by ESPN hockey analyst Barry Melrose as the toast of the sports world. I, that's going far, Barry. That's when you say Barry Melrose has been hitting the head a lot. Gritty has. No, I remember when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes was like, they're like, where are you going next? And he's like, to hang out with Gritty. Yeah, he had that's he what he said. The toast Why not? of the sports world. <laughs> he's the toast of the sports world. Why not? <laughs> so the allegations to take it seriously and conducted a thorough investigation. I'm sure it was a thorough yeah. investigation. Get him out. But yeah. uh, he's terrifying. He, he is a terrifying mascot. But I will say this yeah. I kind of like that he's nondescript and it's, and it's weird. Like he's not a flyer. 
He is the Flyers mascot, it fits but he's Philadelphia's mascot like theme of just sort of chaos and fur. The fanatic <laughs> chaos and fur. Well, I mean, I would, the only way is that chaos and fur would be a great indie rock. <laughs> chaos and fur. You should be opening for chaos and fur, Kyle. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The idea that just they're like, look, we're going to take a flyer on this guy. I feel like that's <laughs> we don't know if he's in and out of rehab, in and out of prison. We're going to take a flyer on him. There should be so many background checks on anyone who becomes a yep. mascot. Like, Every, no mascot should be allowed to. Someone who wants to be a mascot. Yes. No mascot should be allowed to own a gun based solely on mental stability records. <laughs> and I also think it's weird that if someone has misconduct as a mascot, they just quietly and discreetly move him to a different mascot uniform. Yeah, I don't like that, that they move like him around. <laughs> I actually saw, I thought the New Orleans Saints were covering something up because their mascot was involved with some stuff. Behind That's right. Well, <laughs> they just moved him to a different priest parish. parish. Uh, don't even get me started on the Cardinals. Thank hey. you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> or the New England bishops. Anyway. Uh, so <laughs> the Wichita priests, I don't support. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure you heard this and it made you love Andy Reid all the more when it was Andy Reid like one, like what was the one thing that he wanted? Did he want like 15 hookers? Did he want to go to this? Uh, he's or like, even like have the best steak in the no, city. He said, I want the biggest cheeseburger you've ever seen. I believe was his quote, right? Yeah. It's just the funny thing. And so Red Robin, of course, stepped up. Of course up. Red Robin's like, we can we do that. We got it. We're like, no one asked you, Red yeah, Robin, yeah. if you got it. They said, hey, at Chiefs, <laughs> we'd love to give your coach uh, the cheeseburger that he deserves. DM us, and we'll give you the biggest cheeseburger you've ever seen. Which, to me, also sounds bizarrely sexual. <laughs> yeah, that sounds. That might be harassment. You could report that tweet. <laughs> We're gonna give you the biggest. He's gonna deliver it gritty. <laughs> Gritty's gonna deliver that thing. <laughs> hot Isn't that great though? That like, doesn't that make you love Andy Reid? That that's what he said. That, that... I saw a video of him showing up to a barbecue restaurant in Kansas City yesterday and getting which one? Which one? Which one? Q thirty nine. I love it. Q39. That's our favorite one. It's so good. It's so good. Q39 and he is up to get some burnt ends, and everyone gives him a. St- I'm surprised that many people in Kansas City could stand up that quick, but they gave him a standing ovation. <laughs> <laughs> they all had three tiny heart attacks. Um, and yes. it's like nothing sums up Kansas City quite like Big Red getting burnt in and getting a standing ovation while he eats barbecue. I mean, like, he should is, always you do it for the city. Like forever. he should even be treated nicely at Arthur Bryant's. That's how not that that's where he they shouldn't even yell at him. No one yells at him. All right. He made such a PR move in a press conference of saying he loved. They were like, "We saw you went to Q39." He goes, "I love all of the restaurants." I'm like, "This is the PR damage." This guy. Well, he wants to eat at all of them. He w- no, he. But I think I he really does love it all. I think he is being honest. Yeah. He, he wants to yeah. eat it all and loves it all. Okay. This last yeah. story, Kyle. I just am going to read you the headline. <laughs> I just want to see where you go with it. Manu Ginobili. We don't get enough Manu Ginobili news now that he's out our, of the league. Our thing about Manu Ginobili was when Manu Ginobili was playing well, you were like, this dude is a sharp, angular, awesome player. He's an Ar- Argentinian we all want to go out and have a steak with, right? When he's not playing yeah, well, yeah, yeah. you're like, wow, his bald spot's gotten big. It's getting bigger. It's getting bigger. <laughs> you notice the things that about it. It's like a relationship. When's the last time he hit a bat out of the Thank air? you! Hey. All right, so maybe he's trying to give back and he still feels bad about the bad of it all. Manu Ginobili, this is the headline, comes to the rescue of a grandmother who fell while climbing a sand dune. 
There's so much wrong with that right there. Okay. We have to unpack why they're all at the sand dune. Right. right. It was Manu Ginobili to the rescue when the retired NBA star jumped into action to save a woman who had fallen while climbing a sand dune. Hey, Grandma. Grandma, why are you climbing up that sand dune? By the way, how old do you think Manu Ginobili is? I guess young for a sand 40? dune. But, Jay says 40. What do you say, Kyle? Manu Ginobili is probably 47 years old. Get your answers in. Manu Ginobili is 42. Oh, I knew he was that. Oh. So he's five years younger than us. Six he years was, younger than us. He was having a beach day in Blanca Bay, Argentina sure. on Friday when the incident occurred. The woman's granddaughter shared a series of tweets documenting the encounter, too. Okay, so the granddaughter is old enough to tweet. So this is an example she of like- She should be helping she's out. She's not like a <laughs> Southern Missouri grandmother right. who's 38. Included an image of her grandmother with, with the former San Antonio Spurs guard, who uh, I believe the grandmother said, thank you, Patty Mills. No. That's uh, not Patty Mills. She said her grandmother had fallen on her head while climbing a sand dune alone. If you're someone's grandmother, you should not be climbing. That, that is a thing you just don't do. The, it, Kyle, how old are you? 30, yeah. 33? How old are you? You're not even supposed to hike when you're alone when you're 30. No, you will die. That guy had to cut his arm off. That's right. You will die. Wait, how, Kyle, how old are you? I'm 31. 31. All right. I said 33. All right. So 31 years old. I would just tell you we're 17 years older than you. Getting older is just a crossing off of, of a list of, of things, things that you, you used know. to be able to do. Yeah. Can't do this. Skydiving, parasailing, <laughs> alone. done. Can't do that. Basketball, can't I don't do need that. It. We just can't do these things. Climbing up sand dunes by yourself. If As you a hit grandmother. 60, forget it. <laughs> two men were running to uh, help. Two men were running to help her, picked her up, and accompanied her. She's not performing a Bach piece. The woman wrote in Spanish, when we arrived and see the photos begin to take, uh, begin with one, we thought it was ridiculous and was Manu Ginobili, all caps. Only these things happen to my grandmother's character. Ha ha. No, your grandmother isn't a character. Your grandmother is a, a woman. Dummy. And the same She's tweet. reckless, and her family doesn't help her. Thanks. <laughs> at, not a character. Thanks, at Manu Ginobili. You're a great guy. I'm glad she said that thanks to him. He's a glad great guy. she tagged him. By the way, she's Once not. Once again, Manu Ginobili jumps off the bench to save a team from falling. By the yeah. way, she's not that old. Ginobili looks great. Ginobili tried from the NBA as one of only two players to win an NBA title, a Euroleague title, and an Olympic gold medal. During his 16 seasons with the Spurs, the Argentinian player claimed. All right, fine. That's all this. But, but, but he, here's the thing. Like, I do love that Ginobili is the kind of guy that would go do that. There are de like, J.R. Ryder would have kicked this woman in the stomach exactly. as she was rolling down the hill. Ginobili's, <laughs> Ginobili's rescue over the weekend wasn't his first. What? Another notable moment in the career is when he saved the AT&T Center from a bat flying around during the San Antonio Spurs matchup. We remember that. And Santa swatted a live bat out of the... Did he really say it? I feel like that's bad. That's murdering a murdering bat. Murdering a bat. He reportedly, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let's not give him credit for this. But I do think... I'm not it, sure if 40,000 people can feel threatened by one bat. Remember when Randy Johnson saved that stadium of people from that bird? From that seagull? <laughs> <laughs> That's just the way. <laughs> hey, that bird was coming right for him, but luckily Randy Johnson was there. It was coming for everybody. Uh, Kyle Ayers, <laughs> the uh, one podcast, or one of them is called The Boast Rattle. You can hear it on SiriusXM, and you can see it live whenever it's being. Uh, guys, listen. 
just subscribe to his stuff and start listening to it. It's hilarious and amazing. We'll come do one soon. Uh, good luck on your tour. Thank you for never seen it. Listen to the Never Seen It podcast. Thank you for doing this. I, I'm glad that we caught you. I know we were, we were just needed to, to talk to you. We needed to, to bask in the euphoria of somebody yeah, celebrating oh, something. I will talk about it every day. Great. <laughs> You'll, we'll talk about it every time we see you. Of course, I'm playing Kansas. Carry on my wayward son. Carry on your tour. Have a good one. And when we come back, we got a voicemail from uh, Boomer. Boomer. Let's let's listen to that. It's View from the Cheap Seats. Sklar Brothers. Uh, we'll be right back. Okay, Boomer. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Kyle Ayers. Kyle Ayers. Amazing. I'm Please so happy follow for him. him on the Twitters. Check out his podcast uh, and check out Boast Rattle on Sirius Radio. All that stuff is fantastic. Um, and now before we get out of here, uh, our old buddy, you know, we're wrapping up football. We're talking about the Super Bowl. We're talking about the season. You can't not talk to Chris Berman himself or at least get a voicemail for him. He is, uh, he's the original Boomer. Okay, Boomer, take it away. It's Chris Berman here talking to you a little bit about uh, Jimmy Garoppolo at the Super Bowl. Let's be honest with you. Jimmy had a relatively easy life before Super Bowl 54 kind of changed everything. We're already seeing the results of it. Now, prior to Super Bowl 54, Jimmy GQ on top of the world in the world of porn. I searched many of porn hub sites, as you know, very sexually active young men. And uh, we all know that Jimmy G liked himself a little bang bang. So... Uh, he had the, the weight of the world on his shoulders on Sunday and has lost, as I understand it, all rights to the honey hole of one Janice Griffith. Now, that was a good kill right there. He had a lot of them. He even had Alexis, Texas at one point when he liked the good big back doors. Now it looks like Jimmy, for a little while at the very least, until he redeems himself, he's going to be stuck with some amateur stuff and maybe a couple of backdoor cuckold kind of things where he's going to have to watch somebody else bang a woman on a side called bang my wife please also gonna look for jimmy in the background in the windows perhaps as some sort of yard worker or a very handsome masturbator on the black dot gum series that i'm such a fan of we'll check it out next week jimmy g falling from grace in the porn hub industry it's the world of football and you just can't predict it but we all know this nobody circles the cum wagons like jimmy garoppolo I just love that he can't get a thought out. I mean, it's hard for him to always get it out. It's just I think he needs to be on. He needs to be on some sort of a. He needs to regularly work that muscle. He needs highlights highlights running behind him at all. Guys, we're in Cleveland tonight. Two shows at Hilarities. Two shows tomorrow night. Come see us. Uh, Just announced the live Dumb People Town. Uh, Our guests. This is going to be amazing. Our guests for uh, the 24th, which is a Monday night at Largo, February 24th. Uh, oh, it's Will Arnett. Oh, it's Paul F. Tompkins, a BoJack Horseman reunion, reunion, and Colin Hay. Music from Colin Hay. You're, you're going to do one works. of those things. Men at work. Men's Colin at Hay. work. And so just enjoy that. That's going to be a great show. Uh, we're going to be at the Huntington Beach uh, Rec Room. Yes. We'll be down room. there on the 22nd of February, which should be really awesome, too. So, uh, guys, go to supersclars.com, get your tickets. Live Dumb People Town's coming in March, plus uh, Madison, Wisconsin. Great stuff. Casey Musgraves. This is really taking a leap here. Casey. K-C-A-C-E-Y. I'm Kansas sorry. City Musgraves. Kansas City Musgraves. We're the Star Brothers, Punch Waterfalls, and we will see you next week.
Scarpins Audio, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.